Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of the Gems of Horror. Ooh. I'm your host, Ron Slaughter. And joining me, as always, is Larry Kilman. <laughs> I literally sound like a tax attorney. I hey, hey, man, I told you I was coming up with this on the spot. Man, well, I'm actually, I have the pleasure of being with the reigning costume contest champion yes 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 jacob last night at the halloween party that we were both at dressed up as steve Irwin, and the man killed it and evan and his girl dressed up as ron burgundy and veronica Cordingstone from the hit movie anchorman yes. and also did a very good job this just so. in san diego there was a there was no lack of good costumes last night i will say yeah we had a wide variety too like, I mean, the couple's costume that won was the, f they were flashers. Yep. <laughs> Literally wore like sim outfits. Yeah. Those pixelated <laughs> genitals. <laughs> it was so clever. I loved it. And yep. the best part is that the guy in the relationship didn't come up with the idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh man. That was funny. But yes, <laughs> by the time this comes out, I'll have gone to my other Halloween party and I am dressing up as a monk who plays basketball, otherwise known as an air fryer. So, I figured you'd appreciate that. I I meant to give a standing ovation, but I forgot clapping does that uh Yeah. the audio, so apologies for that. Snaps. But that is just incredible. I like I'm just I told everyone that I've told for, that I know is going to this party, they're like, "Oh, like is your costume pretty cool?" I'm like, "It's really stupid." But I love it. <laughs> that is my favorite thing. That so, is so clever. I'm just waiting to get asked a bunch of times what I am tonight. And then eventually I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm just a monk. Do you have some like Nikes? Yeah, I actually has? borrowed shoes from Mark. Oh, for, nice. So yeah. I, was, I was like, Mark, you probably have better basketball attire than I do. So. Right. But yeah, I'm excited. God. I have to like find a basketball though that I can bring with me. I can't remember the last time I even touched a basketball. So. I know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, I do not fit the profile for this very well, but here we are. But I have my mom, I bought like a $25 monk costume on Amazon. So I cut it short. So it's like a short monk robe length. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're going all, we're going all in for this one. It's going to be fun. I absolutely love that. Halloween's just such an amazing time. People get so creative and yeah never be that person that's like you know what i'm not gonna dress up or like wear a flannel and say that you're a cowboy yeah like, do more right oh i mean like people that came to the party la like there's a couple people at the party last night that just dressed as like another celebrity person it's like okay it's just an outfit but i mean that's kind of what i did i guess sure but at like one of them's like oh yeah my costume didn't come in time so uh, in that case it makes sense like you got to improvise i accept no excuses be prepared right <laughs> i mean my buddy nate I don't know what he's going as to the party tonight, but he said that he had to improvise because the he ordered his costume, like parts for his costume, and Amazon sent him the wrong thing. So he's now he's like, I don't have time to reorder this now. That is fair. I did buy like the Ron Burgundy like suit and like the pants. I know I purchased XL, but they sent me large, Ooh. so I was it was a little yeah, tight. You, you looked I, huge. I, I dropped my yeah, I dropped my microphone. Like I can't. Like bend over to get this, so I had to like do like a little curtsy all the way down <laughs> to the floor and grab it. 
That is fantastic. Uh-huh. But we are back with more spooky tales from the crypt for our lovely listeners at home. I know you guys usually like these horror episodes where we read some creepypasta and listener stories and all that. And I know they're our favorites. So we are both very excited. Yeah, honestly, this is probably one of the most unique ways to do cus- customer engagement, <laughs> listener engagement. We don't sell them anything yet. All right. We're looking to, again, we mention it all the time. We'll sell our souls if yep. you want to sponsor us. But yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Do love reading the actual stories and then even the creepy pastas. Like people are clever as heck. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we're going to be doing that today. And I hope you guys are ready. This is actually coming out on Halloween. So I mean, it's still a Monday, which sucks. It's a Monday. But it's Halloween. Ooh. That is kind of lame that. Come on, calendar makers be better (laughs) (laughs) yeah can you just get this one time right but i will start us off by reading a very short creepypasta if you don't mind a linguine if you will yes a nice ravioli of horror Mm, but stuffed full of horror (laughs) stuffed full of bones all right so this is it's just from i just looked up short creepypastas and this is from a website called theoccultmuseum.com and it's called My Daughter Learned to Count. I don't know who wrote it because it doesn't list the writer, but. My daughter woke me up around 11.50 last night. My wife and I had picked her up from her friend Sally's birthday party, brought her home, and put her to bed. My wife went into her bedroom to read while. Oh, hold on. I'm going to just scratch everything I just said because I just messed up a line. So you actually just read an advertisement. <laughs> there's, there's literally <laughs> like ring doorbell. <laughs> there's literally like eight lines to this and I already messed it up. <laughs> Alright. My daughter woke me up around 11.50 last night. My wife and I had picked her up from her friend Sally's birthday party, brought her home, and put her to bed. My wife went into the bedroom to read while I fell asleep watching the Braves game. Daddy, she whispered, tugging my shirt sleeve. Guess how old I'm going to be next month? I don't know, beauty, I said as I slipped on my glasses. How old? She smiled and held up four fingers. It is 7.30 now. My wife and I have been up with her for almost eight hours. She still refuses to tell us where she got them. She was holding ah, fingers. Holding fingers, yeah. Because nice. you think, like, oh, kid holds up four fingers, like, yep. I'm four. But no, she had actual fingers where do you get those where the fingers come from it's the finger fairy that is <laughs> okay that was the, the creepiest that sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> take oh that out of context <laughs> <laughs> all right well we have the episode title now the finger fairy i'm glad we got that out of the way right away <laughs> If you weren't oh spooked gosh. before, just imagine getting a visit from the Finger Fairy. <laughs> you it's want, Uncle Greg. You don't want to leave any change underneath your pillow for that one. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, thank you. You can move on, sir. I can understand why he's not allowed around the family anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the Finger Fairy. <laughs> All right. Well, man, well, what a hot start. Yeah. Well, <laughs> looking for T-shirt ideas. <laughs> Some. Uh, <laughs> Okay, take some creative licenses with the Finger Fairy and send them into the Gems of History. (laughs) Or don't. (laughs) All right. Evan, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to do a creepypasta. Uh, It's one of the more popular ones as of late, and it's titled, How Do You Prove You Are Alive? 
Written by Adam Davies. I've been dead now for almost five weeks. It feels different than you might think. Of course, I'm not really dead. If I were, I wouldn't be able to write this account of what happened to me. But legally, at least, I have been declared dead. Once you're dead, it's surprisingly difficult to prove you are alive. The event that caused my death took place three months ago. I was due to catch the late flight from Williamson County Airport to St. Louis. Since leaving the Army, I've worked as an insurance claims investigator, and so my work takes me all over the U.S. I take upwards of 200 flights per year. Fuck Holy that. cow. I get so stressed doing one flight maybe like every three months. Yeah, it's just a lot of like going through the lines and making sure you're packed right. And it's also the classic, like you're in the middle of security, you're about to get scanned. It's like, wait, do I have a gun in my briefcase? Is there accidentally a sword in my backpack? Is there accidentally, <laughs> yeah, a Karichi sword? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, how did you get off authentic not, samurai katana? I was not prepared for this level of anxiety. <laughs> Williamson is small, but not the smallest airport I have ever been through. I got to the airport at 1800, okay, military time, so that six is o'clock. 6 o'clock, and plenty of time for the, all right, guy, that, is he going more military yeah. time? <laughs> for the 2145 flight, I grabbed a sandwich at the restaurant, made some calls, and caught up on some administration work. The airport was quiet, but there was enough people around to make what happened seem all the stranger. An announcement was made that my flight was delayed. A technical problem was to blame. No stranger to delays, I just pulled out my Kindle and started on my latest book. I must have drifted off. Excuse me, sir. What? I was startled into alertness. A very heavily made-up flight attendant stood over me, her overpowering perfume sweet, sticky, and cloying. I'm sorry to trouble you, sir, but we are about to board the St. Louis flight. Great. Thanks, I looked around. Everyone else must have already gone on the plane. The airport was deserted, lights off, and shutters down. A ghost town. My watch told me it was 11.53. Got that one. There you go. A lot later than I expected. When I boarded the flight, it was empty. Completely empty. Surprise pilotry school. Yeah. I've been on plenty of flights with just one or two passengers before, but never a whole plane to myself. Ever officious, the flight attendant showed me to my seat, despite the obvious fact I could sit anywhere and it wouldn't matter. I hurriedly stowed my jacket and laptop case in the overhead compartment. She went through the farce of her safety demo whilst I had my head down reading my book. That would be the funniest thing. <laughs> the one guy is just ignoring you when you're trying to do a safety demo. Right. At, at some point, she has to be like, hey, hey sir, right here. Turn your uh, phone in airplane mode, please. (laughs) The takeoff was smooth, but as we reached a certain altitude, I felt the familiar buildup of pressure in my ear, and I swallowed. Everyone knows the sensation of their ears popping. Ah, snap, something went wrong while displaying the webpage. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, I lost internet. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I was like, wait, what does that have to do with ears popping? (laughs) Uh, wow we are just out of roll right now all right good job creepypasta very fun very fun okay (laughs) everyone knows the sensation of their ears popping but this was at once the same and yet completely different 
Sir, you need to fasten your seatbelt. The words were clear, but the voice was insubstantial. A whisper. I turned around in the direction of the voice, expecting to see the flight attendant behind me. But she wasn't there. I leaned into the aisle, and I could see her at the front of the plane. I was only six rows back, so I guess I could have heard her voice from here. I was just so sure it came from behind me. I passed it off as some trick of acoustics, my own heartbeat seeming to echo around the completely empty plane. By when I looked up, the seatbelt sign wasn't on. I shrugged and went back to my book. Cruising was uneventful, the background hum of the air conditioning combined with my own tiredness and the subtle cabin lighting giving a sleepy, dreamlike quality to the flight. As we began to descend, my ears popped again. Excuse me, miss. What's happening? A man's voice, this time, again, clear, but an ethereal whisper. The situation was beginning to feel very weird. I could see that there was no one else on the plane. It's nothing to worry about, sir. If you need just stay calm and keep your seatbelt on, it's just some turbulence. The plane had indeed begun to shake a little as the plane began its descent through the clouds. The voices gained substance. Others joined in. They were noisy now and nervous. If everyone can please remain calm and seated, the flight attendant spoke loudly, trying to talk over the rising noise of panicked questions. The whispers turned to screams and weeping pleas. Behind me, I could hear a furious prayer, begging a merciless, unhearing God not to let his faithful servant die so young, a life of promise unfulfilled. A mother wept as she tried to calm her crying baby, her soothing words unable to mask the terror in her voice. The pitch and intensity rose as the plane descended, the noise a maelstrom of competing sounds. No! Please! The wheels touched down and the voices quieted. I was hyperventilating, fingers digging painfully into the armrests, my brow slick with sweat. I hurried off the plane through the deserted airport, eventually slumping into bed in my nameless, faceless hotel room. Lying there in the still and quiet darkness, I rationalized it away. A panic attack, some one-off hit of anxiety about a landing I made dozens of times each month. I managed to convince myself and I succumbed to the fatigue and slept. In my dreams, I could hear moans of pain and anguish, then silence. The morning brought a sense of normality. I got in the elevator down to breakfast. It's so cold. I whipped around at the faint whisper, already knowing no one was in the lift with me. As I drove to my next appointment, I heard the news about the crash on the radio of the hire car. A Cape Air flight, the morning plane from Williamson County to St. Louis. There were no survivors from the 27 passengers are on board. Where are you? The ghostly voice sounded like it came from the sight from the seat behind me, not the radio. I checked the rear view mirror, nothing, but I wanted to be sure. I almost veered off the road, straining over my shoulder to look around the rear of the car. It was when I got back to St. Louis airport that night that I realized I had lost my passport. I didn't need it for the internal flight as my driving license would suffice, but it was a pain to have lost it. When I got home the next day, I rang the St. Louis Hotel. They were sorry, but no passport had been found by housekeeping. I had showed it to board my flight from Williamson, 
so the only other possibility was I had left it on the plane. The phone connected. Hello? I think I may have left my passport on board a flight I took two days ago. You should be here with us. It's so cold. The whisper came echoing down the line. What? I'm just transferring you to your lost property department, sir, the lady repeated. Hello? Cape Air Lost Property, how can I help you today? Hello, my name is Captain Lionel Sinclair. I think I may have left my passport on one of your flights two days ago. Okay, sir, which flight was that? The 1045 from <laughs> the 1045 p.m. from Williamson to St. Louis. Flight number 9K1114. Come and join us. Pardon? I'm just checking our database now, sir. There was a long pause. I could hear the keyboard tapping. Sir, could you please confirm the date of your flight again? Wednesday, March 21st, 1045 flight. Williamson to St. Louis, flight number 9K1114. I repeated. I'm sorry, sir. Could you please hold? So cold here. And you are so warm. Put a jacket on. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, is this Mr. Sinclair? A new voice asked. Captain. Sinclair. <laughs> Captain Sinclair, I corrected impatiently. I'm so sorry, Captain Sinclair. Can I please just check the details of the flights you think you lost your passport on? Of course, I said, barely trying to hide my frustration. Captain Sinclair, I'm afraid that flight was canceled on March 21st due to a technical fault with the plane. It's not possible that you were on that flight. Could have been another day. You should have been with us. I'm not mistaken. I took that flight. I'm looking at my boarding card stub right now. I have a receipt from the restaurant in Williamson Airport and a a receipt from the hotel I stayed in St. Louis that same night. That wouldn't be possible unless I took that flight. Unsettled and on edge from the last few days, I was losing my temper with this woman. Sir, the evening flight was canceled and the plane that was due to make that flight was involved in a crash the next morning. You may have heard about it on the news. You can't have been on that flight. The call ended with more confusion and flared tempers. The police called to my home that same day. They came expecting to explain to my wife that I, unfortunately I was registered as a passenger on the flight and that the burnt remnants of my passport were actually found at the crash site and that the only unidentified remains from the 27 passengers on board were likely to be mine. Imagine their surprise when they saw that I was at home safe and sound. (laughs) Hey, wait, you're not supposed to be here. I was really looking to... It's like they were like, I was really looking forward to talk to a widower today. (laughs) They know you should be here with us, the whispering voice told me while the officers spoke to my wife and I. Dental records of the unidentified victim were a match to mine. Whilst I still have my driver's license, the picture is an old one, and in the police view, proved nothing. Security camera footage from the airport is also no help. I can be clearly seen entering the airport, however, when the announcement about the flight cancellation happens, there's no clear footage of me leaving the airport. I've made various trips to the local police station and was asked to send my ticket sub to Cape Air for verification. They are baffled. The stub is real enough, but they insist the flight never took off. Seven weeks into the mess, a DNA test was authorized. 
My DNA was on file due to a program I was in during my time in the Army. I was hoping matters would be cleared up quickly. Unfortunately, it was a catastrophic outcome. Both my own and the unidentified body's DNA are a match to my DNA on military record. My own DNA, a 95% match, and the cadavers, a 99% match. Because of this DNA evidence, on Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, I was declared legally dead. And the police immediately opened an investigation into my true identity. The living me, that is. Since being declared dead, the voices have become clearer, more frequent. And their tone has drastically changed. The living no longer want you. You are free to join us now. We will come for you soon. We want your warmth. It's so cold. I laugh a lot. Laugh to keep me from sobbing. Keep me sane. The world thinks I am dead and there are voices in my head. My wife has started to look at me strangely. I can see the doubt behind her eyes. It's gone beyond voices now. I see glimpses and shadows and reflections and mirrors. Terrible things, burnt and broken, shivering and cold. Several things trouble me beyond my own sanity. Who is the mysterious charred corpse that has a better genetic claim to my identity than I do? What do I need to do to prove I am alive and who I say I am? The things that trouble me most, though, is my status as one of the dead. If someone who is legally dead is killed, no crime can be committed or even investigated. The voices keep telling me they intend to come and claim me soon. So he's being haunted by a stewardess. I think he's being haunted by a busty stewardess. (laughs) (laughs) Who sometimes changes into a man's voice. Yeah, she's... (laughs) So is it? It's maybe it's a cross-dressing stewardess who just right. broke character. <laughs> broke. <laughs> well, maybe the man has a twin. We'll see. Yeah, that that could be too. That's fun. Good story. <laughs> I don't know if that's fun. Yeah. I I don't think that's necessarily what a person wants. Right. But it reminds me. There's a there's a movie on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds, and the whole idea of it was that he faked his own death and then like found other people who would work for him as like mercenaries Mm. and so that he would like fake their deaths so that they legally didn't exist anymore and then they could just go and do all this mercenary stuff i was like that's cool go and do all this merkin yeah so that's cool but i don't think it was that fun for this guy no it doesn't sound like it i would you know that's probably one of the worst things i think could happen is just having voices in your head yeah because Literally no one else can hear him. <laughs> right, exactly. And then everyone's like, eh, I think he just needs to go to the loony bin. I think I'd be more frustrated just with like the, because like my hearing is terrible. So even with the voices in my head, I'd probably just be like, hmm, what? <laughs> and then I just get annoyed and like, just like nod like, yeah, yeah, totally. When I just can't hear them. Yeah. <laughs> like and for the third you're time. just having conversations with yourself. That would probably be the more, most crazy part of it. Well, that is enjoyable, isn't it? You know what? You'll always have friends. Yeah, you I mean, they say life is lonely. Exactly. So, that's fun. Well, I'm going to read a story that was submitted to us by a listener. So, this comes to us from a man named Nicholas Rueda, and his birthday is actually on Halloween, so this episode will come out on his birthday, so happy birthday, Nicholas. That lucky duck. I know, right? What a fun day to have a birthday. 
So and it's be- not like Christmas. Sorry, it's not like Christmas where it's like, oh, now my birthday's overlapped with like the Son of Man and God being born. <laughs> I get Satan. Yeah, I get Satan. <laughs> so he begins. Hi, my name's Nicholas Rueda, and I've seen UFOs throughout my life. They say that once you see one, you'll see them forever, and for me, that's turned out to be true. The first time I saw a UFO was around Christmas time. I remember being maybe seven, eight. My mom and I were at a Dunham's in Brookfield getting some hockey gear that I needed. Wow, talk about a throwback. Dunham's. Dunham's. Good good old sports gear. I can literally smell that store right now. Oh, yeah. It just smells like leather gloves and... And regret. And regret. <laughs> and poor financial decisions. Yes. <laughs> when, we were, when we came out to the parking lot, I saw something that terrified me to my core, sitting in the sky, hovering, and then it took off. When I asked my mom what it was, she played it off as it was Santa, and I never brought it up again. That's <laughs> Santa. It's Santa. It was around Christmas time, so I guess it oh, makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's Santa coming to the Dudhams. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he respects a good deal, I guess. <laughs> he needs a new baseball bat. Yeah, he needs a new mitt. <laughs> Speaking of Santa, have you seen this preview for the movie? Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's got the actor that plays Hopper from Stranger Things as Santa. Oh. And the whole movie is just him infiltrating this house with a bunch of mercenaries in it. And he has to try and kill all of them. It's It looks so good. He Is it like supposed to be like a comedy or like a serious no, movie? No, it's like an action like horror movie. Are they trying? Oh, it looks awesome. That does sound awesome. (laughs) There's like a scene where he turns into like the silver dust powder stuff and just like apparates around the room and then kills someone. (laughs) It looks sweet. Santa's just murking people. Yeah, it looks cool. But anyways, (laughs) back to the story. When I asked my mom what it was, she played it off as it was Santa and I never brought it up again. Better to forget. A couple years later, again around Christmas time, I was in the backseat of my mother's car looking out the window when again I saw something I couldn't explain hovering in the sky then take off. This time I was a little older and more collective. But once again, this was played off as Santa, but this time I was older, I knew Santa wasn't real. This was something else. My mom knew it too. Many years later, as an adult, a friend and I were laying outside of our apartment in the grass. Our apartment was in an area that was very undeveloped, so it allowed for less light pollution and the ability to see a sea of stars each night, great views of nature. While we were laying there, staring at the stars and talking, at the same time, we both flipped out and jumped to our feet after simultaneously seeing a hovering object take off like a burst of light. For the first time in my life, I saw something I couldn't explain with someone else that also saw it and I knew at that moment that everything I've been experiencing my whole life was tied together. I wasn't crazy. In my adulthood, I've spoken with this about, about this with my grandfather and other family members. My grandfather, who is my role model and idol, served in the U.S. Navy as a young man. He worked on an aircraft carrier for all four years and spent, spent oftentimes months out to sea. He shared with me many stories, but a story that I remember specifically is a story about an experience that he himself would never forget while out at sea as a sailor. He explained that one time, while with other sailors on the ship he was serving on, he and his fellow sailors saw a small ship unlike anything they've seen before hover just above the waterline and speed across the water at unearthly speeds, then dive into the ocean. I don't believe his commander ever explained this encounter. He went on to say there's been many times that he's seen things like this throughout his life that he couldn't explain, but this moment was a first-hand experience, close and personal. So, maybe it's a family thing? 
I mean, yeah, we kind of <clears throat> we kind of talked about uh, in the last episode how kind of happens to more people than oh yeah, like I've never seen one. I haven't either. But like they do say that a lot of times people that see them throughout their life start when they're kids. Like they see something weird, and then the rest of their life it's it doesn't really go away too many times. So. So aliens are just like ghosts. They always <laughs> come at <laughs> yeah. kids. They're like, hey, that kid looks cool. He's skateboarding. <laughs> He's <laughs> He just did an ollie. Did you see that thing he did with that tech deck he's got? <laughs> Whoa, he has a Miachi. Oh my gosh. A hacky sack even. But I mean like the the one that the cool part about this story to me is this the story that his grandfather told because mm. the the whole unidentified submerged objects now is becoming such a huge thing where like the video sh- that we have now that got released two years ago now last year uh shows the one thing go like under the water doesn't lose any speed and then comes back out it's like how, how does anything do that to like break the surface tension of the water without losing its step Right, like the physics of it, because even when you fall, I think it's <clears throat> comparatively like if you fall off a helicopter and hit the water, like just being it's like a human, concrete. it's like hitting concrete, right? So like being able to, like, I think I've seen that video, just propel yourself down, not be affected by it at all, and then come back well, up, same speed. And it doesn't like turn like its body at all, like whatever oh, this yeah. craft is, like it doesn't right. turn, it just like lowers in and then comes back out. It's weird. So I th- I thought that was cool that like his grandfather was seeing that back in the day. Yeah. So it's not a new phenomenon, but now we just have more verifying proof, I guess you could say. Of Grandpappy it. was just dying for back someone in else my to day, see this. I was seeing those stupid things too. It's cool though. I I cool. love that story. That is very fun. So thank you, Nicholas. Happy birthday once again. Uh, next story that I have is going to be another listener submitted creepy tale. And this one is more around some true crime. Let's go. Hey, dudes. Here's what I have for a scary story. When I was about 10 or 11, my brother Sam, my neighborhood friend Jeremy, and I were playing outside in the backyard. We end up going over by a big pine tree close to my family's house. And my friend Jeremy finds a butcher knife on the ground underneath the tree, along with a bottle of ketchup and a dead gopher laying next to it. What is what the a bottle meal. of ketchup? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, man, this this gopher is kind of gamey. I mean. the, the, this is from our friend John, I believe. And yes, yes. he is like a ketchup fiend. So the fact that this story includes ketchup is funny to me. <laughs> it's actually just his leftover ketchup bottle. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, John, are you sure this was something weird? Yeah, the gopher. Or was this just you? The gopher found his ketchup stash <laughs> hidden beneath yeah. the pine tree, and then he stabbed it. We told my mom about the discovery, and she proceeded to call the cops. The police suspected that it was a local younger criminal whose dad lived across the street from us and had been suspected to be hanging around the area. He got into a lot of trouble as a kid. For example, he was playing with matches in the basement of his dad's house, which set part of the house on fire. Good, good. That's good. You know, it's always good when kids are playing with matches in the house because that doesn't lead to arson problems down the road. Definitely not. That's one of the things, like, we've talked about this a few times. If my child ever just starts being, like, talking to, like, the wall or something and says, like, no, I can't do that. No, I can't, like... The tell- voices tell me to yeah. burn the house down, Daddy. Like that, yeah. <laughs> 
if they ever just start playing with matches or start looking at like knives a little bit too earnestly, yeah, right. It's like, all right, Timmy, <laughs> you need to settle down. Yeah. A couple nights later, I'm fast asleep in my bed. Around 2 a.m. or so, my mom comes flying into my room and starts yelling out the window, Get out of here! It turns out the criminal was hiding in the tree that the knife was previously found, and my mom saw him walking around our yard by my window. He fled from our yard after my mom yelled out the window, and a cop was driving around our road with a spotlight on, searching for the guy. I remember peeking out the window and seeing the bright spotlight shine over our house. Unfortunately, I never found out what happened after that. I recently asked my parents about it, but they don't remember his name or any information about him. But 15 or so years later, I still remember how scared I was. It was Santa. It was Santa. (laughs) It's always Santa. It was John Hopper playing Santa. Trying to kill your gopher problem? (laughs) He's committed to the game. I mean, he he helps people on Christmas, but sometimes he needs to do some yard work to pay the bills. What are you going to do? Pest extermination pays the bills, I guess. <laughs> Good old St. Nick's gopher extermination business. <laughs> is that all there is to that one or is there any more? Yes, yes, that's, uh, that's a wrap on that one. All but right. thank you a ton, John. I think for me, when he says that there's like a spotlight shining on this guy in the backyard, I'm imagining from old cartoons where the criminals were in black pants and a striped black and white shirt and the spot towing through with like <laughs> yeah. bags of money. And then right. the spotlight shines on him. He's just like, Oh, Uh-oh. and the spotlight on top of the cop car is just ridiculously big. Yeah. Like it's, it's bigger a, than the car. There's itself. a brick wall in yeah. the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why in cartoons was in the nineties was brick just more, I guess prevalent because every cartoon has brick in it. I mean, now we have all these composite materials, so we don't need brick anymore. But brick's like so cool. I wish more houses were made of brick. I guess it's probably just expensive. In a different life, I have a studio brick apartment in New York City. <sighs> and we're popular. And we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, it's so sad. No, it's fine. And people listen to it's us. It's fine. We don't need listeners. No, we love you guys. Yeah. That's the whole reason we're doing this episode, obviously. Avi. Yeah. All right. This next one is another creepypasta called Roommate Troubles. We've all had those. Well, honestly, I, I've, I haven't because I've never had roommates. I've but absolutely had that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm guessing most people have. It begins. This is this. I believe this is a woman speaking, but I'm not going to do it. Are you still doing a spooky voice? Like, I believe this I, is a woman. Speaking. No, I think this that's is, actually the spookiest part of the story. Women. Uh, <laughs> rooming with a woman. Uh. But I'm not going to do a woman's voice for this. All right, Zuki, step up. It begins. This actually happened to me a few years back at the University of Arts in Philadelphia. My sophomore year, I roomed with a girl named Kara. She was a jazz vocalist, but her main interest was opera. We had a small room on the sixth floor of a dormitory called Juniper Hall. The walls were thin, and her last night, late night singing and voice practices would keep me up late. After a month or so of lost sleep, I convinced her to move her late night practices to the music studios in the Merriam Theater building a block away. Around 8 o'clock one evening, Kara announced that she would be practicing late for an upcoming recital and probably wouldn't be home until around midnight. Great, I thought, that means I can go to bed early. I was beat, I had a horrible day in the acting studio, and was ready to pass out as soon as I had dinner. She said goodnight, and left, coffee and sheet music in hand. I made some grilled cheese and soup, 
gobbled it down, and immediately began to prepare for bed. By the time I got out of the shower, my eyelids were so heavy I could barely brush my teeth. I pulled on my PJs and crawled into the top bunk of our bunk bed. I was out as soon as my head hit the pillow. I should take a second to describe the layout of our apartment. When entering the apartment, the bedroom was through a door immediately to the left. Our bathroom was inside the bedroom, just past the bunk beds. UArts is nice in the sense that you don't have to share bathrooms. Anyway, I woke up to the sound of the apartment door closing. I opened my eyes and groggily checked my phone, midnight on the dot. I rolled back over and closed my eyes. I heard Kara enter the room and stop in front of the bunk bed, checking to see if I'm actually asleep, I thought. She flopped down in the bed below me, which was strange, as she was a stickler for brushing her teeth and washing up before bed. Then again, exams were just around the corner and we were all exhausted. The mattress below me creaked and then was silent. Couldn't even hear her breathing. I started to drift off again. I was just on the edge of deep sleep when I was startled awake again by a noise. A key in the lock. The door opening. And Kara entering in our, our apartment, humming an opera tune. The mattress below me creaked. Ah, uh, <laughs> I hate that. That is the worst. Oh, the shiveries I just got after you said, oh, that I, is so creepy. I really like those like shorter ones that just, there's like, oh. Yeah, I hate that. Oh my gosh. It's always my biggest fear. Yeah, drunk guy walking into your apartment. Well, I've been drunk guy walking into an apartment <laughs> before. <laughs> I don't remember who it was that's telling me a story, but they like walked into someone's apartment and like they actually fell asleep on the couch and then they woke up and someone like chased them out with a fire extinguisher because they were in the wrong apartment. It's like, that'd be terrifying. That would be. Can you imagine the hangover too? Oh, the worst. It's like you wake up and just see these random pictures oh. like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've also been like extremely lucky where I've drunkenly wandered into random places and people were just super cool with it. So, guardian angels. They're Get out. lucky every once in a while. Yeah. Putting mine are working overtime. <laughs> so, I'm going to read another listener submitted story. Ooh. This one is about sleep paralysis, which we've talked many a time. Sounds like the worst possible thing to happen i have a sleep paralysis one after this too so this is gonna be fun i these terrify me i'm not paralyzed (laughs) i can't i don't remember the words but just made me think of paralyzer by uh finger 11 finger 11 yeah (laughs) finger fairy finger fairy what a preposterous song title yeah honestly oh man and this comes from a listener named antonio So, my story about sleep paralysis happened about 10 years ago. I used to have these here and there when I was little, and they would happen sporadically for years. Always waking up to a tall shadow by the edge of my bed, and obviously not being able to move until my whole body was fully awake. This is an incredibly terrifying experience. This last time, I was having one of these nightmares. I remember I was inside this abandoned building that looked kind of like a hospital, like mental asylum. A dilapidated one with cracked walls, old furniture, and dust everywhere. While exploring and looking for an exit, I remember hearing this voice. Someone screaming. But it was one of those terrifying, gut-wrenching noises that you only hear in horror movies. So I look around and behind me, there's this one woman 
facing me. Cliché looking, if you like. But her long black hair was on her face. She looked young, from what I could tell, since this building was obviously pretty dark. But that wasn't a person at all. It felt like the evilest entity I have ever encountered in my life. I just started sprinting while she started chasing me, with that terrifying scream as if she was being murdered. The noise would only go even louder in my head as she got closer to me. I entered this bathroom and hid in one of the stalls with my feet up on the toilet. I heard the door open, but no noise after. The environment stayed quiet for what seemed like maybe 10 seconds. Then lights out of nowhere started flickering. She started crawling, slowly, from under the stall. I couldn't move. The image of her climbing up on top of me with that horrifying grin of hers and that whole weight on me felt like an eternity and something I vividly remember to this day. I felt like giving up. Her screams kept on getting louder and louder mixed with some white noise in the background as well. I then opened my eyes, my body unable to move. But from the corner of my eye, She's still right next to me. I try to scream with my mouth closed. I can only move my eyes and try to make noise as much as I could. Suddenly, my dad storms into the room. She's still there. I try to mouth the words, help me, please, but no luck. My mouth was still shut. My anxiety and desperation were so overwhelming I felt like crying. Then, as I hear my dad say, You're okay, you're just dreaming, just snap out of it. The woman starts fading away slowly. I think this went on for about 30 seconds, or at least felt like it. I finally opened my mouth and let out the loudest gasp I've ever had. She was gone. I could breathe properly again, and I just hugged my dad and saw how scared he was to see me like that as well. He told me he thought about grabbing me by the arms and getting me out of bed but didn't want to make things any worse. This was the last experience I have had, so far, and by far the strongest and most lucid one. And I surely hope it never happens again. Nowadays I haven't had more than very few nightmares since then and I sleep a lot better. Holy yeah. shit. That's <laughs> a, a little rough. Yeah. Oh, he ends it. Thank you for reading my story and happy Halloween, you beautiful people. You know what? You're beautiful happy, too. Happy Halloween to you also too. Also very like that. I was like crying reading that. It's absolutely horrifying. That is, I always say the most horrifying, like, I don't care about like horrifying movies. If people, if someone just made a book like went around and collected people's worst nightmares yeah. that would be the scariest yeah, definitely. thing of all time I, the the worst part to me about that whole thing is that waking up from the dream and still seeing her there oh yeah like you think you're safe and and it's like in the corner of his eye yeah so too. it's like you and you can't move because it's sleep paralysis so you're just sleep. like turning your eyes to try and see her yeah oh that's awful i <laughs> no thanks i would not wish sleep paralysis on just about anyone like, no 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 Especially not me, because I'm good. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Why is sleep paralysis? Why does it always have to be like terrifying? Yeah. Why can't it be like a fun thing? Right. Why can't it just be sleep paralysis? But you're just kind of 
you know, chilling. I mean, I, <laughs> I was going to say, like, why can't it be a big teddy bear or something? But then that would that also would be also, terrifying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just dark corner of your room. There's just a giant bear. <laughs> right. It's just like <laughs> the dream starts out like, hi, I'm Teddy. Yeah. I love you. But then ends with, hi, I'm Teddy. I love you. And then he eats your face. Yeah. You want to hear another sleep paralysis story? It's actually pretty similar to that one. Not really. These scare like sleep paralysis freaks me out, dude. That we're doing our job. I remember after our Dear David episode, after I just absolutely brutalized the image of David when when they showed me the picture, I couldn't stop laughing because it was just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like the last or like the next like two to three weeks, I just kept waking up at like three thirty, which of course could just be completely coincidental. But I remember this one time just being like so freaked out because I had an actual nightmare about oh about David wonky ass child. He's coming for you. And man. I woke up like, oh yeah, he is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> say I'm being haunted by a child. Like, just punt it. What do you mean he's you're got being a haunted by head. a child? Yeah, <laughs> but straighten it back out if he doesn't leave me alone. <laughs> I had another one to the other side. Uh, but yeah, the the imagery in this one is similar is similar to what uh, Antonio said he saw. So this this comes from uh, Jake, not me, thank God. Yeah, you only go by Jacob. <laughs> yes, he begins. I was in Door County and had an incident of sleep paralysis. I saw what I can only describe as the girl from the ring crawl over my bed for what felt like hours. Oh, Ooh. as she crawled up my body, I was panicking. Right when she put her face close to mine, I was at 100% panic. I would hope so, you know? My heart, oh, that's like, you just can't move and your heart is just thumping. Yeah, and I mean, if she gets that close to your face and you're only at like 40% panic, I'd be like, you've got issues, man. Right, if she's up to your face and you're like, just kind of not in the mood. Or you're like 100% super excited. like Then it's kind of a little different. (laughs) And I think you're just lonely. Yeah, I think you... You need to join Match.com. <laughs> Go on Tinder, buddy. You're right. But I couldn't move or make a sound. And then right when it started some Dementor shit from Harry Potter, I woke up with my now wife shaking me to wake up, completely out of breath, sweating so much my shirt was wet. All I could do was to put my hand on my now wife and say I just needed to touch something real. I fell asleep and with my hand on her and I remember the feeling to this day almost a decade later. It felt real, like I didn't know I was still asleep. I felt this immense weight on the bed from the thing. This hotel was empty, the weekend after Labor Day. I'm convinced it was built on native land. My great-grandmother was full Cherokee Indian, and when I told my southern family about it, they just shrugged it off as a regular occurrence. Oddly enough, my northern friends and family call it sleep paralysis, but it felt so real. I remember the smell of wet, musty creeks, and the feeling of no temperature. This thing had eyes, and I felt like it knew me, and was looked, and it looked to me like a laser guidance system, or locked onto me like a laser guidance system. So this happened in a hotel. Yeah. Oh, it that makes it worse. A hotel on Labor Day weekend in the Dells. That makes it worse. Yeah, that's not fun. That would be fun though. To, well, not the situation, but <laughs> that's not fun. No, that would be fun. Be fun. <laughs> Just see if like and, like other people have had that experience on that hotel land. Yeah. Right. To see if it actually may be a little, a little suspect. I or mean, something. there's plenty of Native American land in Wisconsin, so 
considering it all used to be Native American. I was about land, to say, <laughs> when you say a lot, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Is but I mean, we've got like so many Native American town names and stuff in Wisconsin compared to like other places. That's why it's fun watching videos of people trying to pronounce names of towns in Wisconsin. Like Oconomowoc? Yeah, or like Chippewa Falls, which should be easy. Ashwapanon. Yeah, we've got some bangers. We do. We really do. Oh, but yeah, thank you for that story, Jake. And I'm sorry that happened to you, and I hope it never happens to you again. The human mind is just so incredible, I think. Yeah. Just that much imagery and that, like he mentioned, he could literally smell, like, yeah. what, how do you describe it? Like musty rivers? It smelled, yeah, it smelled like wet, musty, like, like creek. Right, and you're in a hotel so I'm assuming it's not smelling like that in the room. I don't, who was there before? Right. That's yeah. what we need to know. <laughs> how, how well do they clean the sheets? But like your mind can just put those smells this, and like the feeling of weight onto your body when there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Like that is so diabolical that, well, that our minds can do that. That's why it's crazy. Like Antonio said he had the loudest gasp when he woke up and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just like you can feel the weight on your chest. Like you can't breathe. And then when you finally snap out of it, then you take like the biggest breath you've ever taken. Do you think that's like your mind trying to justify like what's happening to your body? It has like it's to your, be. Like, it's like your body like justifying what's happening. Yeah. It, Cause it feels so like it, your brain is making it so real that your body's like, this is actually happening. Right. Right. And like the body, like it's, it is happening to your body like physically, but your brain is like, why is this happening? Yeah, now? right. And but like that, develops these these images and these pictures and smells. Yeah, but that's why it's so important to like take care of your mental health because if this stuff happens, then like you can have very real physical reactions to something that's not there. So, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. take take care of yourselves out there. Go see someone and get help if you're struggling. Right. If you're if you're struggling, and I mean if you're experiencing the lady from the ring, then you know crawling up on you. I don't know what to tell you in that case. Maybe see a priest. <laughs> <laughs> do something differently. Oh, man. Do you have another creepy pasta to I, round us off? I do have another creepy pasta to, you know, put a little stramboli on our nice me- meal. Get, <laughs> yep, get there. <laughs> a a little parmesan on top uh, of parmesan, everything. Parmesan, yeah. <laughs> well, what now? <laughs> parmesan. <laughs> Saturday recording, folks. <laughs> Had coffee before recording. Yeah, we are recording this after a Halloween party, both relatively hungover, and I had to get up early for work this morning. Yeah, so. wake up at five. Yeah, we won't get into that, but... Talk actually, about no, true me, horrors. We actually should get into it, because uh, basically, long story short, um, I had to go down to Chicago, make sure that equipment was loaded on, onto a truck, but a large part of that was actually because of like the union labor force that was there, and... Knowing the history, like behind the union and like why it is, like this is why the process is, I kind of just like went through, like, you know, this makes sense. Like, I'm not even mad. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because if I didn't know the history behind why unions are a thing, I'd probably be like, oh, unions, they're, oh, they're just don't want to do work. Yeah, right. They take their time. No, we're here to make sure that you do work properly and have good good work environments. (laughs) And get compensated, yeah, like appropriately. (laughs) So you're not taken advantage of by Rockefeller. (laughs) Right, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting little little thing. If you want to know more about that, go back and listen to our uh, Labor Wars episode. The Labor War. That'd be a fun little 
Never mind though, it wouldn't. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let's do this creepy pasta. So this one is titled The Red Eyed Intruder. It's an albino woman. <laughs> A woman, huh? <laughs> Another woman. <laughs> I don't know why it's always women. I mean two no. Both of the sleep Three paralysis. of the five stories that we were going over featured women being the main creepers. Yeah. Spookers. Another one was just a guy in the backyard killing covers. The bottle of ketchup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about the most, like, gross clue winning thing. Like, yeah. it was Colonel Musser with the candlestick. <laughs> this guy with a gopher. <laughs> yeah. With the kid that almost burnt down the house. <laughs> Oh, man. So this one is titled The Red-Eyed Intruder, and it's... Sure. It is written by Dank Slurp. Oh, nice. Thank you, Dank Slurp. Man, God bless Al Gore's internet. (laughs) My family and I live on a farm in the middle of nowhere. When I say middle of nowhere, I mean it literally. There are no signs of civilization for miles around. Me and my wife, Catherine, wanted a safe place to raise our son. We had previously lived in a major city where crime was extremely prominent. Shout out, I'm assuming Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo, Baltimore. Yeah. Bless up. Like, literally, because we're sending a lot of angels. in the uh, parlance of the area, Baltimore. Baltimore. (laughs) It's kind of crazy that Baltimore has an accent. I've never met someone from there, but apparently they have an accent. Yeah, I've talked to you about, I think I mentioned this to you, where I watched a video to try and figure out what the Baltimore accent was. And they made them say the phrase, Aaron earned an iron urn. Right. And literally, the guy just goes, earn, 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 earn. And he turns to his friend, he just goes, this is how we sound. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm half convinced Baltimore isn't a real place. It's the Australia of the United States. I was about States. to say, people say that Australia is not a real continent. That's me. That's Baltimore to me. Australia is our second biggest listener base. <laughs> Thank you, Australia. Shout out Australia. Crikey. Shout out the Aussies. Crikey. That's why I went to Steve That's Irwin. why you went to Just, Steve Irwin. Yeah. For, yeah. We had previously lived in a major city where crime was extremely prominent. We'd even hear gunshots at least once or twice a week, though this was nothing new to us. We had lived there our entire lives. Needless to say, we knew we couldn't raise a child in that environment. My wife wanted our child to have a real childhood, and I couldn't have agreed more. Three months before our son John was born, we started looking for somewhere new to call home. Somewhere quiet and far away from people. It's not that we were introverts or anything like that, we just simply didn't trust people enough after living in that city for so long. What we needed was a fresh start. You never want to say, you never ever say that phrase when entering into a new home. Then the Amityville horror happens. That's literally... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Yeah, and then your child's doing backflips off the wall and, <laughs> yeah. and they're crawling down the stairs like a spider. One night, my wife had called me into the kitchen. She explained how she had found the perfect new home. It was a beautiful 200-acre farm. Whole Are they just millionaires? Jesus Christ. With Mr. Moneybags. Yeah, 200-acre farm with a large patch of woods surrounding the property line. Yeah, so yeah, that's like what... That's at least like So this is in like millions. Wyoming where there's no, no people. people. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you think the big city that they moved out of was like... <laughs> I can't even name a city. Cheyenne. Boise, Cheyenne, Boise, Boise Idaho. Idaho. 
<laughs> we are just taking shots at cities today <laughs> that have I that mean, are literally minding their own business. Yeah. They're just hanging out. Yeah. Hey, if you want us to come to your a city near you and do a live show, let us know. If we go to Wyoming, we are absolutely dressing up as like Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber and goes to hammered with the locals. That would be fun. Yeah, I don't want to go to any whenever I go to like a city like that, I do not want to go to a chain restaurant. No. I want to go to Al's Creek Shack. Yeah, tell me where the best like ribeye is and just I'll go there. Tell me where I can get like a hams for a quarter. Like that's where the real people are. That is my like fountain of youth right there. The fountain <laughs> that, that's, that's all I need when I go to a place. Uh, the pictures of the property showed an old two-story house with paint chipping off the sides. The barn was adjacent from the house. It has silo connected to the side with vines growing up it. The shingles on the roof were extremely worn and had moss growing under them. It's gorgeous, I said, glancing at the price. But that price is a bit sketchy, don't you think? I mean, yeah, it's probably... If you're buying 200 acres and it's cheap. cheap. Almost seems too good to be true. My wife looked up, looked up at me, her smile fading ever so slightly. I mean, yeah. But we have to at least check it out. If this is legit, it would be perfect, she exclaimed eagerly. So they're... They've said, we wanted a fresh start, and they've said, this is too good to be true. One more, and you're <sighs> fucked. <laughs> what do you think the third saying is? That, like, that's just impending. What you know? could go wrong? That's it, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> After pondering for a moment, I figured it couldn't hurt to go check it out. If not, just to make Catherine happy. He's willing to go to this ghost <laughs> just to... That's commitment. That's just love right there. The next day, we made the two-hour trip out to the, par- the property. Glancing at my wife, I could tell she was very eager to see the place. I'll admit, her excitement rubbed off on me a bit as I found myself driving faster. We pulled into the long, dirt driveway and parked next to the barn. Hi there, you must be Joseph, the real estate lady said enthusiastically. Yeah, nice to meet you, I stated, shaking her hand. I looked over to my wife, who was already at the door of the house. Dang, she's quick. That's my wife, Catherine. She's very excited to see the place. We made our way over to Catherine, and we walked in. Right right off the bat, I felt something unexplainable. If I could explain this feeling, I would, but I simply cannot. (laughs) That is the The definition definition of unexplained. (laughs) Yep. This always happens with these episodes. Like, the first few are just very serious and very scary, but then eventually just gets to (laughs) us cackling. Everyone that writes these has to put in, like, six extra details that don't need to be there. All right, like, take it easy, Edgar Allan Poe. We understand what unexplainable is. You're not inventing words for the dictionary. Right. My wife and the real estate lady seem to be unaffected by it. The front door opens into the dining room area, which also happens to be connected to the tiny stain-covered kitchen. The countertops had a yellow tint to them, as if they were extremely old. The floor had loose floorboards that creaked with each step. We made our way to the bathroom on the main floor. Just like the kitchen, the bathroom was incredibly small and had signs of wear and tear. There was a horrible stench in the air, but I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. It's piss. It's <laughs> They are in the bathroom after all. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, why does There's that... yellow stains everywhere. The real estate lady was like, yeah, I just kind of had to take a little dump right in there. 
I also imagine the real estate lady having like a smokers, like oh, really raspy. Sorry, I had to take a job. She, she's got like the thing <laughs> the from the commercial, like, yeah, the speak little, through the, the box button, yeah. And do you think there's a mute button on that? <laughs> Catherine had her nose scrunched up, indicating that she could smell it too. I'm still not sure where the smell is coming from, but if you buy the place, I could recommend you a good plumber. The lady said, pinching her nose and monitoring for us to follow her motioning for us to follow her. She showed us the living room as well as the upstairs bedrooms. Despite the mess in the kitchen and bathroom, the rest of the house seemed to be in decent condition. The four bedrooms were a big plus as I needed a room to work in. I work in data entry and usually work from home. Having a quiet room to myself would be perfect for getting work done. There was just one spot that she hadn't shown us yet. The basement. This place has a basement, right? I said curiously. She gripped her clipboard harder and frowned a bit, as if startled by the question. Um, yeah, sure does. It's through that door there. She pointed at the door right next to the bathroom. I waited a few seconds for her to lead us down there. Eventually, I realized she clearly didn't want to go down first. Stupidly, I blew it off and made my way to the door. The hinges creaked and the black abyss was revealed. I pulled the cord dangling in front of us, turning on the lights. The stairs were too steep for my wife to go down since she was six months pregnant. Against my better judgment, I made my way down the steps. That feeling I mentioned earlier, it was so much worse down here. This time, however, I felt absolute terror in the pit of my stomach. The basement had concrete flooring and walls. Pipes covered the ceiling with cobwebs. It had that typical basement smell of mildew and old water. The air felt heavy, making it almost hard to breathe. So this is the third thing that we talked about. And he goes in the basement. By himself. By himself. Whenever you have to pull a cord to turn on the lights, I'm not interested in that room anymore. Yep. <laughs> like, were torches not available as well? Like, <clears throat> In the UK, they call flashlights torches. Fun have, fact for the day. I have been seeing videos of like you like UK TikTokers being like in America it's called blink. Here it's called blank. And like they use the same exact word. It's like we we get it. Like cool. In the UK it's called center. In America it's called center. But it's like, it's like ER, ER instead of yeah. RE. Yeah. When I got back upstairs, I overheard Catherine asking when we could move in. Catherine, we need to talk about this before we make any decisions, I said quickly. What is there to talk about? It's absolutely perfect, not to mention in our price range. I could tell she had already made up her mind, but I wasn't having it. Something was extremely wrong with the place. And I'm not just talking about the lack of structural integrity. But nonetheless, I knew she was dead set on this. Joseph, we need to find a home before John comes into the world. This is the perfect place. He'll have plenty of room to grow. Just trust me, please, she said with pleading eyes. It was difficult to argue with her. We'll take it, I said reluctantly. We filled out the proper paperwork and got things in order. I think you two will love this place. It has a lot of character, the real estate agent said. I almost laughed, but didn't want to come off as rude. We went home and talked with our bank, as well as our landlord at the time, in order to make arrangements for the move. We officially moved in about a week late. 
a wow, week later. Quick. What kind of closing? What kind of what? Sheesh. <laughs> you can't sneak these past us, derp slank. We're homeowners. We know <laughs> that there's a 30 derp, day. Derp slank. Or maybe it was dank slurp. Dank slurp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Derp slank. We moved in mostly furniture and personal belongings at first. The first day was spent cleaning and arranging the furniture around. The place was a mess when we got there, but after a lot of hard work, we got it looking halfway decent. Fast forward to later that night. We both had just settled into bed. My wife went through her nightly routine of putting lotion on her stomach while humming to our unborn child. This eased my mind about the decision to move here, seeing my wife happy made it all worth it. However, this didn't last long. We had finally fallen asleep. Getting used to sleeping in a new house was difficult. The house would constantly creak and groan. Mind you, it had to be well over 80 years old. The noises kept me up for most of the night. My wife, on the other hand, seemed to have no problem settling into our new home. Around a weekend, we started noticing strange noises around the house, mostly at night. Now this alone wouldn't normally freak me out, as I said before the house was constantly settling in turn, making various noises. But these new noises we were hearing couldn't possibly be made by the house. Footsteps, whispers, doors slamming to list a few. Each time these noises occurred, I'd be the one to go investigate. However, my efforts were fruitless. There would never be any sign of anyone or anything in the house. My wife never seemed worried in the slightest. I had always admired how brave and independent she was. On July 5th, our beautiful baby boy was born. Dang, missed it by one day. Well, that's when Freedom was born, so unless they're naming him Freedom. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a tragic name for a child. Oh, that would be tough. We had been waiting in anticipation to meet our child for months, probably most likely nine months. Around. I'll never forget the overwhelming joy I had holding him in my arms for the first time. My wife settled in, back home, holding our bundle of joy in her arms. As tired as we both were, we just couldn't seem to sleep out of pure excitement. I lay down by Catherine and John, wrapping my arm around them. We both must have fallen asleep at some point because we both woke up to a blood-curdling scream. I couldn't pinpoint exactly where it came from, but it sounded muffled, leading me to believe it came from downstairs. What the hell is that? Catherine said, her face pale with fear. I slowly got up and reached for the pistol in my drawer. Whoa. Don't worry, honey. I'll go shoot the intruder. Don't worry, honey. I have a Glock. That's our child. (laughs) He's just screaming. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, He's also probably one of the guys that, like, he's just been waiting for a home invasion. (laughs) He's got, like, the bed frame where you push on it and then a shotgun, like, lowers (laughs) out of it. He's ready for anything. I'll be right back. Stay here with John. I made my way to the hallway being extra quiet so as to not alert a possible intruder. Whatever the noise was had now stopped. I checked all the rooms upstairs, finding nothing whatsoever. The living room, kitchen, and bathroom were empty as well. Not a person in sight. I was about to make my way upstairs when I walked past the basement door. Chills ran down my spine, 
so I realized I'd have to check down there, too. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, you could just, like, bolt the door. Yeah, they're just going to stay down there forever. Something's down there, it's stuck. Hesitating to open the door, I stopped myself. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's just the basement. I can do this. There it is. It's just the basement. Just the basement. My thoughts went silent when I noticed the doorknob slowly turning. I completely froze, now absolutely terrified. The door creaked open, revealing the dark, cold basement. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get myself to move. Gazing into the black abyss, I noticed something. Two glowing red dots levitating about seven feet in the air. My heart dropped even further into my chest, terrified of what was before me. I stood there watching when out of nowhere, the dots blinked. Suddenly, I gained all of my motor functions motor functions once again and slammed the door, bolting upstairs to the bedroom. Catherine was startled by me running into the bedroom and slamming the door. What's wrong? Is someone in the house? She said, fear in her tone. I'm not sure, but we have to leave here now. My mind continued racing as I started packing my things. Catherine inter- interjected, You aren't making any sense, Joseph. What did you see? The fact she was questioning me made me upset. That anger was quickly diminished by the gut-wrenching fear coursing through me. I was about to speak up when the lights on our nightstand turned off. We were in complete and utter darkness. I froze just like I had in the basement doorway. Joseph, what's going on? Catherine asked, holding tight onto John. I was about to say something when I noticed it. Those glowing red eyes looking right back at me. From where my wife was sitting. Catherine, I whimpered out. Catherine is gone, Joseph. Would you like to join her? The end. Wow. That'd be awful. <laughs> I don't get it. I froze. Did he kill Did the he... wife? Was the wife the monster? Was the wife the monster? I was about to. Oh, maybe like the thing possessed Catherine? But then what was the thing in the... Maybe the, bit, maybe it, it ran, it opened the door again? Was John the thing? <laughs> I don't know. It's about to speak up when the light... So the lights went out. Yeah, lights went out. Catherine said, Joseph, what's going on? Holding the baby. And Unless. I was about to say something when I noticed it. The glowing red eyes looking right back at me from where my wife was sitting. So it had to have possessed her, possessed I was guessing. Her. Yeah. It's too vague. I don't too know. Too vague. The house sucks. Yeah, literally all the, <laughs> all the, all the comments are like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, thank you. None of this makes any sense. Thank you, Dank Slurp, for that thank, chilling tale. <laughs> yeah, thank you for... I mean, in Gems of History fashion, we don't know what happens. Nope, absolutely no idea. <laughs> well, that was kind of fun. So, I guess... He spent so much, or they spent so much time talking about rubbing baby lotion they, on the stomach. They were the too preoccupied with pregnancy. They yeah. forgot to end the story. And in the third trimester, <laughs> like, all right. We had to wait nine months for no ending. Yeah, very fun, very fun. But Unless yes. it was the baby. It's the, the Dingo H.O. baby. 
But thank you guys for listening to this this installment of the Gems of Horror. It's funny that we did three of these last year in like two months, and now we it's been like a year since we've done <laughs> yeah. one. But yeah, that that was fun. I'm mm-hmm. glad we did this again. Welcome to the Gems of History podcast. <laughs> Your wife's gone. Uh, I have literally th- my voice acting range is literally three things: my normal voice. The and like a smoker, <laughs> and then you're like, it's called range. <laughs> Look it up, honey. But I hope you guys got sufficiently. I don't think anyone got sufficiently spooked by. Well, maybe sleep paralysis. Yeah, one those ones me. were those were truly terrifying. Yeah, that one. Those spooked me to my core. But we got some true crime and UFO ones too this year, which is a lot of fun because I love both of those. Those stories are very cool. I mean, since the, when do you like true crime and aliens? Ah, you know, it's a newfound, <laughs> newfound hobby of mine. New passion. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody! Yes. Uh, let us know what you guys dressed up as. We will post pictures of what we dressed as on our social media. So feel free to comment on that and post yours as well because we love seeing what you guys went as. And those social medias are on Twitter at gems underscore history and then on YouTube, TikTok and Instagram at gems of history podcast. And we also have the Facebook group, the Agora, if you want to join in there. We always post our stuff in there to have some conversations about episodes and stuff after we post them and so we can get your guys ideas like for the Travis Walton one. We had some discussion in there yeah. about what people thought so yeah it's fun for halloween are we changing the name of the group to a horror <laughs> horror get it horror like whores is that what <laughs> no like no like horror oh like, be a horror a horror eh. didn't work back to the drawing board <laughs> yep, exactly yeah <laughs> but yes everyone we hope you guys had a great halloween weekend and stayed safe and had a good time as our group has so far hopefully nothing happens in the next day and a half yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what was going on but when i was driving to your house today i passed at least like nine cops that all were doing like that were all actively doing things right they are out yeah even my drive to chicago i saw well chicago but (laughs) i saw like a ton out and about yeah i i was driving near my house and there's literally six cops and an suv pulled up to the front door of a house with its tailgate open so i don't know what was going on in that house but they found something i totally forgot to mention this to you on uh i took the train early this week like between chicago and milwaukee and on my last train to get back to milwaukee there was actually a fugitive trying to escape really yeah he hopped on the train to get to chicago and um they the police found out about it and stuff so they hid and like you could see all this they like eight seven or eight police officers actually dress up as railroad like maintenance workers like hard hats and all that and the guy gets off and all of a sudden, they all spring, like, get on the ground, get on the ground, like all that. Wow, yeah, that's couple awesome. And they take them out. That is awesome. So, Chicago police did a little early Halloween. <laughs> yeah, they were they in were costume. Yeah. But it was crazy. It was like 50 cops, all for this one guy. And I keep on trying to find something on the news about it, but yeah. nothing. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, I want to look it up and see if I can find what was going on at that house that I passed. Because some, like, they had the couple was out in the driveway. 
and there was literally like six cars in their driveway parking them in and then like an suv backed up to the front door so it's like oh my god they found something in there or like yeah drug bust i don't know but crazy times out in the world today you know i guess everyone's out there wild and everyone listening at home thank you for listening to this fourth installment of the gems of horror we had a lot of fun i hope you guys had a lot of fun with us and we will be back with more normal content coming up in the future because this is obviously our spooky month we like to do some more spooky tales for october and the halloween spirit and yeah we'll be back with some uh, mk ultra related stuff actually coming up yeah, soon that's right. so that, that i think that's next on the docket and then yeah going forward we'll have other stuff more historical yeah. <laughs> instead of like spooks oh yeah history <laughs> we, we do actually co- cover fascinating things that actually happened so well we do have quite the expansive library so if you're a new listener feel free to you know go back and give a little listen absolutely and we're approaching episode 100 so we're getting planning ready for that and i think we're gonna do like a fun little event before episode 100 and kind of so here's what i want you guys at home to do if you have listened to most of our episodes go like back through see which ones are some of your favorites and pick like who you think like some of the best people in the stories we've covered are and who are some of like the worst people in the stories that we've covered are. and then we're gonna do a little (laughs) awards show yes so yeah pick like the the, the biggest hero in history from what we've covered and the, the biggest dickheads the biggest <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go back through and maybe do something like that just for fun so for funsies yeah yes. do, it'll give a good recap of our first 100 episodes and also it'll be a good way for us to rag on some people so i love making fun of people throughout history especially the the ones that deserve it yes so. absolutely All right. We will be back next week. Everyone have a great week this week. We love you. Thank you for listening. And everyone out there, stay polished.